Today on Locked On Ducks Hockey, the Ducks split a pair of games, including a win against their crosstown rivals, and a preview of their Oh Canada road trip. All of this on today's Locked On Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I realized that last episode, Taylor and I sung part of Oh Canada, and that's about as much as we can get out. Yes, I do know the lyrics to Oh Canada, even though I'm an American, but I digress. Welcome to Locked on Ducks. You're locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez on this journey through our 2019-2020 campaign. I'm your tour guide and your hockey aficionado. Don't forget that you will get fresh daily content Monday through Friday. And be sure to check us out on Twitter at LO underscore Ducks or follow me personally at StimpyJD. As for previous episodes, you can find all the episodes of Locked on Ducks via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher. Be sure to subscribe if you haven't already and make sure to rate, comment, subscribe, all that fun stuff. So I realized that we haven't really had a full show since last Friday and there were a couple of games to talk about one that I did not see until a couple days later and one that I didn't see until a day later but that those games they were fun they were fun in their own right and then one I saw live (laughs) let's talk about Friday's game against the Tampa Bay Lightning that game didn't go so well for the Ducks yes they came off a great win the previous Wednesday that was of course uh Kobe Bryant I I guess you can kind of call it a Kobe Bryant tribute night the Ducks did win that game. They came into the Tampa Bay Lightning game, you know, on, on a bit of a high. But Tampa Bay is also coming from a bit on a high because Tampa Bay had just beaten the LA Kings in their previous game. So how would Anaheim do against one of the best teams in the NHL? Uh, not that good. Yeah, the Ducks did have their moments of glory there. Um, you know, Tampa Bay got a couple quick goals from Palat and Cernok. Raquel looked really good in that game. He got the first goal of the game. Michael Delzato on a steal. You know, he got a goal himself. But it was all Tampa Bay. It, it seemed like it was all Tampa Bay, to be honest with you, because they had more control of the puck. Despite the fact that Anaheim did play a very good game for parts. For parts of the game. But they just could not pull through against a very talented Tampa Bay team. And the only reason the score was 4-3 was because Troy Terry got a late goal with about 13 seconds left. It was a garbage time goal. So Troy Terry got that one from Getzloff and Raquel. That's what made it 4-3, to three, really. But Tampa Bay dominated for, I would say, 45 minutes of the game. <laughs> you know, they're, they're a very good team. They're one of the best teams in the entire National Hockey League. Both teams went 0-3 on the power play. Ducks did outshoot them, but they weren't high-quality shots. So then we go into Saturday's game at Staples Center. That was the closing act to Hockey Day in SoCal. And I talked about Hockey Day in SoCal briefly because part of that game took place, or part of that day, well, okay, here's how Hockey Day SoCal worked. You had a bunch of youth games taking place at Great Park Ice, uh, which was very fun, by the way. Great Park Ice, if you have not been there, it is a wonderful facility. The Ducks do practice out of there when they're in town. It's worth checking out. And then you have... The goals versus the rain at Pachanga Arena. That was a Saturday afternoon game. And the goals did get a point on Ontario, but Ontario did win that game. I'll talk more about that particular game on Thursday when we have our weekly Locked On Goals podcast. And by the way, that schedule might change soon, so just keep an eye out for that. And then we had the crown jewel 
the Ducks versus the Kings at Staples Center on Saturday night. How did that one go? Well, it went pretty well for the Anaheim Ducks. They got off to a very fast start. The only reason the Kings got a goal on that game was because of a, I I guess, a newer rule that takes place. Um, Anaheim, for all intents and purposes, I'm going to steal a line from my buddy Jesse Cohen. Um, Jesse does the All the Kings Men podcast, and I'm kind of adopting what he has said many times this season, is he would kind of count this game as a shutout for Anaheim. And I'm going to say the same thing now. This was technically a shutout for the Anaheim Ducks because LA got that goal on a continuation despite the fact that the whistle had blown. So I'll go very quickly through the game. Uh, Max Jones got things started with his sixth of the season on a very nice pass from Sam Steele to make it 1-0 Anaheim. Second period, everybody's favorite player, or as Taylor Blake Ward has said, best player on the planet. Elite 1C, Derek Grant, got his 11th of the season to make it 2-0 Anaheim. And it was 3-0 when Jacob Larson got his second of the season to make it 3-zip. And then with about two and a half minutes left in the period, uh, on a Kings power play, by the way, Tyler Toffoli got a puck from the point, and it was just barely trying to creep in under Ryan Miller's pads. And it was still creeping in, and the whistle had blown because the refs thought the puck was dead. But the puck was continuing to move just behind Ryan Miller. And the light goes off. It's 3-1 to one Kings at the time. So despite the fact the whistle had blown, you know, the puck kept moving. It never stopped forward momentum. Therefore, the rule states that if forward momentum continues, then the goal shall count on continuation. And that's exactly what happened. So Tyler Toffoli gets his 14th of the season. And that was pretty late in the game. That made it 3-1 Anaheim. That would be the final score of that game. That's kind of a weird rule to have. Um, You know, a fairly new rule. It didn't really burn the Ducks. It just prevented a shutout from Ryan Miller. That's about it. And it was a power play goal for the Kings. Okay, sure. One for two. That's how it goes sometimes. And the Kings, for, for what it's worth, they did outshoot Anaheim because Anaheim dominated the first half of the game. And then the Kings just took over on shots and peppered Ryan Miller with some decent shots. Some shots, they were just not high quality. Uh, Breaking it down, the Kings outshot the Ducks 14-13 in the first. All right, 15-11 in the second, although most of those shots were late in the second. Third period, the Kings outshot Anaheim 18-4. So it was 47-28 on shots. The Kings made Ryan Miller look like a stone-cold god between the pipes. Because Ryan Miller, he did make some great stops for what it's worth. But most of those shots were just from the blue line. They were from the point. Uh, They were not in any high danger area. But kudos to Ryan Miller for stopping it. Not allowing a whole lot of rebounds. And really not giving the Kings much of a chance to come through in this game. So that's what impressed me the most about the game against the Kings. Even though, you know, as I've said with the Locked on Kings host, it's two terrible teams. Let's face it, they're they're both terrible. (laughs) Uh, the Kings did outshoot them once again, 47-28. Power plays, Ducks 0 for 1. Kings 1 for 2. That one power play the Ducks had, eh, it was all right. Yeah, it was, it was okay, I guess. Just to put it at that. The big highlight of the game was the Curtis McDermott versus Nick Delorier fight. And there's some beef here. There's, well, not beef, but there's a bit of history here. As Nicholas Delorier sought out Curtis McDermott at the Ponda. This was a couple of months ago. On this particular go-around... 
Curtis McDermott, he was laying the heavy hits and he was searching out Nick Delorier. So the two got into it and Nick Delorier, uh, he didn't have his best fight this time. This was Nick's ninth fighting major of the season. Curtis McDermott got the better blows, the better punches. Uh, Delorier's lid came off first. So give the win for the fights to Curtis McDermott. You know, the Kings may have won the battle there, but they lost the war for the night. Because once again, the Ducks beat the Kings 3-1. to one, And the Kings continue to plummet further and further into the depths of the Pacific Division. And the Ducks will probably have a better record than the Kings. Which means the Kings will have more ping pong balls come the draft lottery. Yeah. Before we head into the break, here's how you can make advertising work for you. If you've been a listener of this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. But you may not know that Locked On Ducks is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Ducks fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. Not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with the Ducks fans and a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcasts.com forward slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve Locked On advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcasts.com forward slash advertising. Once again, that's advertising to double three trouble seven. We look forward to hearing from you. Coming up after the first intermission, we'll preview the Ducks road trip through Canada. Stay locked in. Welcome back to Locked On Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. With glowing hearts, hopefully we'll see the Ducks rise in the true north strong and free as they begin their road trip in Canada. And here's a breakdown of that road trip starting tonight. Tuesday, February 4th, they will play the Ottawa Senators in a battle for 27th place in the National Hockey League. Then on Thursday... The Ducks travel to Centrebelle, one of my favorite arenas in the NHL, or sorry, LNH, as they say en français. They will play at Centrebelle to take on Les Habs, or Les Habitants, on Montreal. That takes place on Thursday the 6th. Then they travel just a few hours west into the province of Ontario and play the Toronto Maple Leafs on Friday. And I'll have a separate preview for uh, that game. And then Sunday afternoon... In Buffalo, just across the border, right along the Niagara Falls, the Ducks will play the Buffalo Sabres. And the start times. Tonight is a 4.30 Pacific start. Thursday and Friday, 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. local time. Sunday is a 3 p.m. local time, 12 noon Pacific time game against the Buffalo Sabres. So be sure to watch out for that. Hey, that Sunday could be a lot of fun. Because Sunday morning, you have the Ducks versus the Sabres. Then y'all should travel down to San Diego to see the San Diego goals because that game takes place at 5 p.m. So you guys should definitely check that out on Sunday afternoon. There's no other hockey going on and there's some awards show going on down the street. Uh, Something about movies, I guess. I don't know. But anyway, as I mentioned derisively, 
The Ducks and the Sens battle for 27th place in the National Hockey League. Oi! Uh, the Ducks come in with a 21-26-5 record. The Sens are 18-24-10. So they're about even on points because right now the Ducks have 47 points. The Sens have 46. So it's a battle for those ping pong balls. Let's see who wants to lose more. I'm kidding, of course. I, I don't condone tanking. I don't believe teams purposely do that. However, the Ducks are 12 points out of a wild card spot. It would be a snowball's chance, and you know where, if the Ducks make it. But let's preview tonight's game anyway. Uh, the Ottawa Senators are one of two teams that are worse on the power play than the Anaheim Ducks. And I know I have been critical about the Ducks' power play, and rightfully so, because the Ducks are 29th in power play percentage at a sorry 14.6%. The Sens are worse, 14.5%. They're 30th in the league. Of course, the Kings are pretty awful as well, as far as power play. Uh, but face-off, the Ducks are in the top 10 in the league still. Derek Grant is still one of the best face-off centers in the entire league. That's why he's the elite 1C. Uh, look for Derek Grant to continue on his goal t- his goal-scoring success. Uh, the Sens are likely to put out Craig Anderson. Uh, Anderson has a 7-12 record, 3.8 goals against, save percentage of about 90%. The Ducks expect to go out with John Gibson, who's 15-21, and a 299 goals against and a 904 save percentage. So give the edge as far as goaltending to the Anaheim Ducks. They have a better goals against average. The Sens do slightly better on scoring, but not by much. You know, 22nd, the Sens are. They're not much better than the Ducks. So really, it's about the goaltending on this game. We we should expect the Ducks to win this game. They they do have the better defense. They have the better goaltending. Especially if Gibson starts, but Miller looked fantastic, as I previously mentioned on the prior game against the Kings. Miller did look very good there, and I do expect Miller to get at least one start on this trip. Uh, the Ducks are, of course, led. You know, Hampus Lindholm has done very well lately. He's got three points in his last five games. He's looked terrific on defense in the recent past, so look for Lindholm to be an impact player. Look for Derek Grant to be an impact player. Then we talk about the game at Centre Bell that takes place on Thursday. They play the Canadiens. The Canadiens are led by a couple players. Uh, Carey Price, he's got a 22-18 record. One of the best goalies in the land. 2-7-4 goals against 9-11 save percentage. He's got three shutouts. But if you want to look at players that are doing pretty well lately, look no further. And I, I say this, you know, knowing... That the Canadians are also kind of on the outside looking in. And they're still looking to kind of find their spot. But, you know, Nick Suzuki has done very well for the Canadians recently. He's got 33 points on the season. He's got a nice little point streak going right now. Uh, he's got six points in his last five games. He's looked terrific. Uh, five apples. And someone that I've been very critical of. And I can't believe I'm saying this. But, ah, uh, this pains me to say this. Uh, some guy that was formerly on the Kings is doing fairly well with the Canadians right now. And it kind of pains me to say it, but Ilya Kovalchuk, he's been doing pretty good with the Canadians. He's been scoring points as of recent. He's got two goals in his last uh, five games. He scored a nice goal against Buffalo recently. Last game, he had an assist against the Columbus Blue Jackets. Montreal still trying to figure out where exactly they are. They're on the outside looking in, but not by much. 
but let's let's see what happens on this game. I mean, who knows? Uh, someone else to watch out for as far as players. Uh, former Duck, Nate Thompson. Yeah, he's on the Canadians as well. So Nate Thompson probably looking to do well against his former mates on that game. And this is looking a little bit far ahead. Oh, we also have Shea Weber. Don't forget about Shea Weber's explosive shot for Montreal. So again, some players to watch out for. And Friday's game is against Toronto. The big news out of Toronto that everybody is freaking out about is the health of Frederick Anderson. On Monday's game yesterday against the Florida Panthers, uh, Anderson left the game in the second period after you know, being collided with. Actually, it was late in the first period. Uh, Florida's Frank, Frank Vetrano charged towards the net, and Jake Muzzin was right there on him. And Jake Muzzin may have nudged Vetrano into Anderson, and Anderson got knocked down. He was a little bit woozy. He was very slow to get up. He stayed in for the rest of the first period, but did not return in the second. So former Winnipeg player Michael Hutchinson he came in at the start of the second period. So Hutchinson came in, you know, looked pretty decent. But the big news is Frederick Anderson. He did not make the trip for their upcoming game on Wednesday. So Anderson is out as of right now. Who knows when he will be back. Most of the Maple Leaf Nation is really freaking out because Anderson has been great for Toronto this season. Uh, he's been really just stalwart between the pipes. He's got a 286 goals against 24 and 9 record. So, if the Ducks don't have to see Frederick Anderson, they have a decent chance because Michael Hutchinson, while he's been decent as a backup, he's allowed about 3.6 goals against. His save percentage is not nearly as good as Frederick Anderson. So, that will be some news to be on the lookout for in the coming days. After the second intermission, we're going to talk Beanpot yeah, why not? We're going to talk about the bean pot. Stay locked in. Would you believe we're going to talk about the bean pot tournament? Welcome back to Locked On Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Why in the world are we talking about a hockey tournament that's 3,000 miles away in Boston, Mass? Well, because Havid has two guys that are Ducks prospects and Boston University, the Terriers. By the way, I love that team name. I have a Terrier. That's my dog. So naturally, I got to go for the Boston University Terriers. Plus, they have a fantastic Ducks prospect that we've talked about on this very podcast. None other than Trevor Zegris, who shined on the under 20 World Junior Championships about a month and change ago. So, Trevor Zegris back in the spotlight on the Beanpot Tournament. Let's talk about both games. Let's talk first about, let's go the first game. Northeastern versus Havid. Uh, this one wasn't close. Northeastern, uh, Harvard did get the first goal of the game, but it was all Northeastern after that. They scored the next three goals. The Ducks' two prospects, uh, Henry Thrun, Jack Badini, they didn't do much. They didn't score anything. Badini did go 11 out of 12 on faceoffs, which is very, very impressive. Badini continues to thrive in the faceoff circle, but it was Northeastern winning 3 to 1. So Northeastern advances to the final. Harvard will play in the consolation game. So who will Harvard play? Boston University or the BC Eagles? Boston College, the favorite on this one. And we pick things up late. And this was a fantastic game to watch. This was 
by far the best game of the night. I know some people were really upset because the BCBU game took overtime from the women's, uh, I guess, rivalry series game between USA and Canada. But we'll talk about that another time. On this game, BC started off with a two-goal lead on goals from Patrick Giles and Alex Newhook. Then the Terriers, on a power play, cut the lead in half on a Patrick Curry power play goal. Then we go to the second period. David Cotton, he scores his first goal of the game to make it 3-1 BC. Hmm. Then we go into the third period, and that's where things really got nuts. Trevor Zegers was on the ice for this one. He was kind of, you know, laying in the wings. He started off things on this play. You know, he got the puck um, back in his own defensive zone and passed it up to Patrick Curry, who passed it to Patrick Harper, who then got it to David Ferrance for the second goal for the BU Terriers to make it a one-goal deficit. Then on the power play, only a minute and ten later, Patrick Harper would tie the game on a very, very slick top-corner shot. Yes, everyone's favorite Ducks prospect. Zegris was right there to pick up the loose change if needed, but Harper just found the perfect spot on the corner to make it a 3-3 tie. Then, with a minute and change left, about a minute 48, that's where things got started. Uh, on the play, this was off of turnover and off of a heavy forecheck from the Terriers. It was Patrick Harper who would get the puck from the defensive zone or from the neutral zone, pass it off to Trevor Zegris, who was down in the corner right by the goal line and the corner post or the corner wall there. And he zipped a pinpoint, perfect, perfect pass to Robert Mastro-Simone give the Terriers a 4-3 lead at the time, and everybody was going nuts. Trevor Zegers celebrating like they just won the championship. And this play, you know, Master Siomi was at the right place at the right time. But as the commentators were saying, this was all Trevor Zegers. You know, they talked about him before the game. And Zegers, he's right on the corner, right on the end walls, on the red line. He received that puck, waited for about a second, and zipped, zipped a perfect pass through not one, not two, but three BC defenders. And he had to zip that pass in a hurry and get a lightning fast rocket through all the defenders and through the crease to give a perfect pass to give BU a four to three lead. But hold on. BC goes on a power play. They pull their goalie. So it's a six on four power play. And on the rebound, David Cotton got his second goal. His second goal to make it a 4-4 tie with 57.9 seconds left in regulation. Then it goes into overtime where, you know, nothing really happened there. Zegers had a chance to win it. That didn't happen. So it goes into a second overtime. Now, normally games don't go into second overtimes. And here's why. According to NCAA rules... If the score is tied after one overtime, the game would end officially in a tie. But this is the Beanpot Tournament. We need a winner, right? I mean, you know, you can call it a tie. You know, you can call it a win in double overtime. But it was a memorable goal for the BU Terriers. Because in overtime, and this was a great goal, by the way. Uh, Got to give it up to the announcers for going completely, you know, BS crazy on that one. Uh, Wilmer Skoog, he got the winning goal at 1240 of the second overtime 
to give the BU Terriers a very thrilling 5-4 victory to advance to the finals. So it will be the Boston University Terriers, Terriers versus Northeastern for the Beanpot. And on the consolation game, it'll be the BC Eagles against the Harvard Crimson. Both those games take place on Monday. And if you want to see the championship game on Monday, I believe that game will be, that might be on NHL Network. I'll have to check on that. But the championship does take place Monday night in Boston. It's a 7.30 Eastern time, 4.30 p.m. Pacific time. So be on the lookout for that. The thrilling championship game for the Bean Pot, the 68th annual version of that tournament. And with that, that's a great place to wrap things up. You can hear this podcast or any of the previous episodes on the Locked On Podcast Network via Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, or Stitcher. Be sure to subscribe if you haven't already. And I'm going to open up the mailbag. If you guys want a mailbag question, I will take some questions and hopefully read them out tomorrow. I'll put out a tweet later today. I'll put out another tweet later tonight. If you guys have any questions about hockey, maybe even just about sports in general, or about, I don't know, pizza, my favorite food, shoot a question over to me. Shoot it over at LO underscore Ducks or email me at LockedOnAnaheimDucks at gmail.com. Once again, I'm going to open up the mailbag. Hope to read some questions that will be on tomorrow's show. So Wednesday, we'll open up the mailbag. Thursday, will be Locked On Goals. And then Friday, who knows? We don't know yet. <laughs> but anyway, be sure to check out Locked all the great Locked On shows. Check out Locked On Angels. My buddy Taylor does it. Locked on Kings. I will have more of that interview with Sarah Avampado later this week. I promise. There's a lot more to that interview. So we'll talk more about, you know, women's hockey as a topic that we talked about. Other stuff. So be on the lookout for that. Also, also, don't forget to like, comment, leave a five-star rating, and subscribe if you haven't already. And once again, if you want to chat hockey with me, hit me up on Twitter or email me. I said that already. So I just want to say thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys so, so much. For Locked on Ducks, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a great rest of the day. I'll see you soon. And we stand on guard for the Anaheim. 